Well, Clint, it's happening again. See, I'd act surprised, but you let the cat out of the bag on social media today. Did. You did. Man, Clint, we got an awesome guest today. Yeah. And I tell you, intelligent young man. I'm going to work on calling calling the players young men instead of kids. That's cause right. Because I'm an old man. That's uh, right. Old man. Middle-aged. But I tell you, Clint, that I love doing these interviews, and we, we've had some awesome conversations. Another dude, awesome conversation, awesome guy, and an awesome player. No, it totally. And very, very intelligent young man. You can just tell. And, and we we talk – we talk all kinds of things. We talk football, talk anime, talk, yeah. talk throwing your teammate into another player to score a touchdown. We talk who, all of it. Who would have thought we'd talk anime on this podcast? But we did. But when hey, you have I, someone as cool as Jordan Dominic, by the way, that's our special guest. Jordan, Jordan Dominic. Dominic, number 14, defensive end, grad transfer from Georgia Tech, second leading sacker on the Razorback team right now with four and a half sacks. He corrects me. I said four. It's four and a half. Four and a half. Guys, it wouldn't be possible without our sponsors. Uh, thank you, Mr. Mike Floyd. Yes, thank sir. you, Hometown Roofing. Thank you so much. That's right. Hey, we love y'all. Enjoy this. Like and share. Share it, folks. Get on social media. Share it. Comment. Comment and say how cool it is to hear from Jordan. How cool it is to get to know him. He's a grad transfer. He's new. Get to know this young man. Listen to his story. We got to hear about him growing up and his time at Georgia Tech and all that. Listen and root him on. Yeah. He's going to tell us where the mindset is on getting ready for Alabama. Glenn, I'm fired up for the game. I'm fired up. And I tell you what, even after we quit recording the podcast, sit around and talk to us. It just great guy. He he's the type of young man that you want to raise your son to be. He really is. And rep and you definitely want that type of young man to represent the Razorbacks or whatever team you root for. Jordan Dominic, y'all. Enjoy. One, two, three, five. You've ever seen a lame man walk? Never heard a dumb man talk. Never seen a blind man see. You ever seen a cancer death? Ever seen all the poor get fed? Ever seen a prisoner set free? I promise you a change is excited i'm fired up y'all we got a great guest today of course i got clint with me hey clint wave hey, right, let's talk to you all right we got the one and only arkansas razorback defensive end second on the team currently in sacks with four he is making that is four right in that am i am i up to date there uh, four and a half now. Yeah. Oh, four, four and a half. Okay, there we four go. Four and a half. Don't, don't, I'm, I'm already not giving enough credit. He's number 14 in your, in your, uh, uh, on your roster. He is 
making a name for himself here at Arkansas and Fayetteville after already making himself a name at the Georgia Institute of Technology. Jordan Dominic, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing great. Just blessed to be here. How about yourselves? Man, we dude, we're fired up to have you. And thank you for being on here. I know you just got out of practice and and uh man, we appreciate you. Man, it's an honor and a pleasure to be here with y'all, man. Big C, Big C podcast, man. I love it. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm happy you have low expectations. <laughs> I, I, I set the bar, y'all just raising it, man. Y'all raising it. Well, man, let's first thing we want to do, dude, we just want to get to know you a little bit. Tell us what it was like growing up in is Lakeland, Florida, right? Yes, sir, Lakeland, Florida. That's down close to Tampa. Yeah, about 45 minutes outside of Tampa, about an hour and 10 outside of Orlando, right in the middle. For oh, yeah. so That's a good spot. Yes, sir. So we, uh, we're really central Florida. I ain't going to lie. Yeah. Well, tell us about growing up there. Uh, I grew up, you know, it was a little chill town, about 100,000 people in Lakeland, Florida. It's a it's a crazy place. Like, you just look at our sheriff out there, Sheriff Grady Judd. That man went viral so many times for just the way he handles everything. But yeah. it was it's a great place to grow up. A lot of good football out there in Polk County. A lot of good sports in general, athletics. Yeah. Uh, just growing up, I've always just been around people that are all just playing athletes. Whether I was playing basketball, football, baseball, trying to do track and field. I was trying to do it all, you know. I had so much energy as a kid that my dad told me, you know what, when I was four years old, he told me, you know what, we're going to go sign you up for football. And the crazy thing is the age limit for football down there was five, but I was four and they had my brother who was five. So they were like, you know, we're just going to sign them both up at one time. Yeah. So I ended up football since I was four years old. I yeah. missed a year, which is crazy to me because it's like I'm going on 18, 19 years now. Wow. It's, it's wild. So was your dad an athlete? Was he a big football guy too? Or, or yes. My dad played down in Fort Myers. He did Pop Warner. Uh, he did high school. Then he went out to an NAIA school out in Kansas. And then he transferred to the University of Florida uh, during 1987-88, I believe, 1987-88, uh, right before Spurrier got there. Okay. So he was a good big football guy growing up. Uh, he coached me when I was younger and everything. I had him out there on me uh, with me with the football field uh, during high school. You know, I had him come out there and just – he wasn't he, one thing about him. He personally didn't want to coach me. Yeah. He wanted to coach against me because he didn't see, he knew all my things. So he would really have me thinking like he'd tell the running backs, Hey, do this, this, and this. And they'd be out there just doing me in. And I'm like, all right, now I got to really learn how to play against that. Now I got to work yeah. on my, so it was just always fun to go against everyone to practice and just practice with him practice against him and everything like that. And what position did your dad play? Uh, he played defensive end at first, same as me, outside linebacker, defensive end. And then when he got to Florida, he moved to a running back. Oh, wow. So he was out there behind Emmitt Smith. That's a transition. Oh, really? Yes, sir. He was there with the Emmitt Smith era. So, you know, it was crazy for him. So he's the one that pushed Emmitt Smith to be great, right? Yeah, you, de you definitely know that for sure. <laughs> okay. Your dad started following us on Twitter, so we got to brag on him a little bit, right? Yeah, no. Great guy. <laughs> One thing, uh, one thing about my dad, the crazy thing, he played one play at Florida, uh, running back, and he went for twenty yards. So he averages twenty yards per carry at Florida. So. Yeah, put that on a plaque or something in your office or something. <laughs> no, we had Reed Bauer on, and I asked you, Reed, I said, because he had that touchdown pass 
to Kern last year, and I was like, do you ever talk trash to KJ about your completion percentage? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I would be. Yeah. I mean, if I was your dad, I'd be like, hey, Emmett, 20 yards of carry, bro. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you got that little NFL thing, buddy, but 20 yards. You got that team rusher. Yeah. That's 20 yards for carry when we were both in college. <laughs> now, who were some of your favorite players you looked up to growing up? Like NFL, college guys, whatever. So, growing up, when I was in Little League, I really played every position. So, I was wide receiver. I played defensive end. You know, Little League people do, they just play whatever they can. Yeah. Uh, my favorite people growing up really to watch was Calvin Johnson. Mm -hmm. uh, I love the game, the way he played. I wanted to be the next Calvin Johnson if I could, but yeah, yeah I gained a little bit of weight and ended up on the beat line. Uh, I love Calvin Johnson. I did love to watch Lawrence Taylor. He was just a freak athlete on the defensive end side of it. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence Taylor, Sean, uh, Sean Taylor, I like to watch him just as a DB in general. I love the way he just came down and tried to hit people, hurt people, everything like that. Uh, just really aggressive, you know. So those were really my big three. And then, you know, I watched football here and there, but really I was just a big anime kid for real. So I love watching football, but then again, I wasn't, you know, watching football like I wanted to, like I should have been. Now, now, Travis was going to talk to you about the anime stuff. I have just a couple questions. I'm not. I got two stepkids that love the anime. Yeah, I, I don't get it. But then again, <laughs> I'm also a 46 year old man, so <laughs> there's that. So, have you ever been to a con? And have you ever cosplayed? Have I ever been to a con? Not yet. That is one thing I do want to do. Mm -hmm. I've always go to a comic con, an anime con, Kamehameha uh, con, Kamehameha con. There are so many different. Cons, yeah. it's ridiculous. Wow. Like I can't keep up. There was one when I was in Atlanta that I wanted to go to, but I didn't have transportation to. So mm -hmm. it's uh, it's a great thing. And then cosplaying, uh, I've done it a few times, mainly on Halloween. You know, I just dress up as one of my favorite anime characters, yeah. and I just do that and just have a little bit of fun with it. But if I ever go to an anime con or something like that, I'm definitely uh, going all out cosplay. Out. Yeah. It's ready and everything. You know, I'm good. Yeah. So no, I don't like. Explain the draw, like I seriously. Okay, we're me and Clint are the dummy. Like, seriously, we just watch football, baseball, basketball. Like, <laughs> that was like we didn't even. I'm no, I'm watching that Jeffrey Dahmer documentary right okay, now. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'll take that. My we oh, didn't watch other, some other weird stuff. But explain anime and what the draw is because I, I know a lot of people, and I, I, but people that love it, dude, are passionate about it, and I know you're passionate about it because I. You know, I've done some research on you, and a lot of interviews you talk about that, and you you, you yeah. write your own anime, you you know stuff like that. So tell me, like, what's the big draw for it? And and kind of explain it a little bit, because I'm gonna guess a lot of our audience is probably not as big on anime, <laughs> like we are. You know, doesn't know as much about it. So ex explain a little bit about the draw is for it. So the crazy thing is for me. And a lot of uh, people that watch anime, anime isn't just a show. It's not just a, it's just not a TV show. It's a lifestyle for real. Like you live anime. There are so many deep life lessons that you can learn in anime from mm -hmm. just watching Dragon Ball Z, just watching One Piece, watching Afro Samurai, watching uh, just anything for real. Mm -hmm. I've always loved anime. It's just a way to break away from life. And there are so many different genres of anime. There's cooking anime, there's action anime, there's uh, 
just di- all different types of anime. There's fighting animes, there's slice of life anime mm-hmm. where it's just people walking around talking about just their life in general. Uh, there's high school animes, there's apocalypse animes. There are so many different things that you can do with anime. And it's yeah. just spans across such a wide audience of people. People say that anime is only for children. It's only for, you know, young children. But I promise you, like, anybody can watch anime. And there are so many different shows out there that I feel like if you find the right one for you, you're going to become invested in it. Mm. So once you're invested in it, you just keep going and going. And it really just it just grabs you because it you get emotionally attached to the people in the anime. Like, as you know, you watch a good show and you're like, oh, I like this person. You can really relate to them. And then all of a sudden they kill them off. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, wow, you, 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 it tugs on your heartstrings a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it's the exact same thing with anime. Uh, I've watched, uh, there was one I called Akame Got Killed. Man, I almost cried watching that one. It was, it was crazy. I, I was, man, yeah. so many people died in that anime. And I was just like, man, my chest hurts. Yeah. <laughs> well, Clint, I don't know about you. But hearing Jordan Tom talk about it, I, I kind of want to watch some. I mean, I yeah, I'm gonna have to check. I mean, I'm probably not convincing to salesman, dude. I'm serious. I gotta, I've gotta finish the Jeffrey Dahmer Netflix show. <laughs> right, yeah. Part of that Jeffrey Dahmer uh, Netflix documentary. That is some wild stuff. It is. It really, it really is. I haven't what, watched the documentary. But... No, with, they've had so many chances to catch him and stop him, and they just. They bungled it. They just they, they did. And the crazy thing is, I I just always like to think like just different things. Imagine we getting the whole documentary about Jeffrey uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, just the show and everything. But just think about so many of the people that they didn't catch, but um, the people that know about. Yeah. Like you got to think, it's a crazy world we live in right now. Oh, yeah. But there's there's still a lot out there that haven't been caught for sure. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, man, tell us about. You had a you had a good high school career, from what I can see. You had one season. Was it your senior year or was it before that you had twenty five sacks in one season? It was my senior year. I had twenty five sacks in one season. That was my senior. Year. I remember there was one game at City where I actually had seven sacks in one game. So that was uh, my senior year. I really was like on a mission. That was my mission to get twenty five sacks. My dad challenged me with it, and I was yeah. like, you know, let's try and go get it. You know. So was that the re- a record? I mean, I'm guessing it was a record at your school at least, right? What about for Florida? Was it? I don't think it was the record in Florida because I remember that year I had gotten 25 and I had compared myself on max preps to a bunch of people. And I believe there were two other people in Florida that had more than me. It was like 29 and 31 or something like that, I believe. Now, in that game, you had seven sacks. Why did the left tackle just not just go sit down on the bench and just? <laughs> and man, was, was the quarterback just like, please stop, <laughs> please? Uh, don't don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong. That left tackle, he was good. Now he was good. I'm pretty sure I watched him go to uh, college for football as well. I believe Division One. I'm not sure though, uh, if I'm remembering the right person, but definitely they were good. It was just I would just get opportunities. You know, I'd run and literally just run that's it oh, yeah. just hey, so I, we didn't always Wait, get did you just kind of see the flex right there <laughs> like like he's being humble but he's like i went beast mode on a dude that went d1 and had seven sacks on him <laughs> 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 like, i join you're being humble dude i understand 
<laughs> but, but seriously, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it'd be, it, there's one thing to play against Greenbrier High School and get seven sacks against That's me. Right. There's another thing to do it to a D1 athlete. No, nah, but here, here's the thing, though. It, 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 it I'm, I'm, I'm being humble. Like I honestly don't. I know like, you are. I know you are. I know you are. So, I, that kid was good, and it wasn't just the left tackle. I was lining up inside. I was lining up on the other side. It wasn't just that. moving you around a little bit. Yeah. So it was, no, I understand. No, no I, you're, you're being, you're just a little time we talked to you. You're a humble guy. I mean, I'm not saying, I'm just saying that was a pretty cool flex there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now tell me, okay, look, Clint and I, you know, like they wouldn't let us play any other sports. They're like, yeah, yeah y'all are going to the football field, running into people. Track. <laughs> and oh, then, Jordan. <laughs> Trust me, I you wore this joke out, but I'm gonna tell you anyway. I was the slowest guy on Arkansas Tech's football team for four years in a row. <laughs> like I mean, all kidding aside, it I if I was racing a pregnant woman, I'd come in third place. <laughs> I really would. <laughs> but but here's the deal. So we played offensive line, okay? And I got a I got a question for you. Do you ever feel bad when you just whoop a tackle or, or a lineman and just blow by him and get a sack? Do you feel bad or do you just kind of like, yeah, I got you? Uh, you can't feel bad out in this game. Yeah, okay. About it. There are so many times where offensive lines just win because it's a five-man line, four-man or a three-man rush. Like, once you get that little win on that tackle and you get the sack, you got to feel good about yourself. Like. Yeah. Talking you all these times, you might get a slide protection and they come with three on two or three on one. Yeah. And get past that, it's like, yeah, I beat you. Let yeah. me go do it again, you know? So it's like, you can't feel bad about doing your job, you know? You can't. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's it's one of the, I mean, it's got to be one of the best feelings in football. I mean, that's that's why, they're, you know, they're, you know, there's famous touchdown dances and there's famous sack dances, right? No. I mean, that's the big celebrations, you know? They'll, the old, who was the old cowboy that would pull out the guns or whatever? Man, I know. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I saw uh, I saw Lawrence Taylor do that one time when he came up, tackled the dude, turned around and just shot him with a thing and turned yeah. around and walked. Like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. I like that. Well, that, I was going back to the Lawrence Taylor thing. I was going to ask you that. You know, you're you're a young dude. Okay, you didn't you didn't probably get to see Lawrence Taylor live, right? I'm mean, like when he was playing, and Lawrence Taylor's my favorite football player of all time. Okay, um, so did your dad tell you about Lawrence Taylor? What what guy that got you? Are you just watching highlights or something to you know study it, or a coach tell you about him or what? So I remember back in when I was first starting high school. I remember I used to like go online before, actually before any little league game, I would go online and just watch hype videos. And if everybody knows, uh, if you're a football player, you know that one hype video where the song is Here Comes the Boom. And all you see is just a whole bunch of just hits yeah. after hits. Hit. And that's where I really saw a video of uh, Lawrence Taylor. Yes. Yeah. So, like, I was just down the rabbit hole of football. Yeah. And then one day, my dad, right before uh, my freshman year, my dad told me, hey, if you want to go look up somebody that was great, go look up Lawrence Taylor. Go watch his highlights. He sent me a video. Yeah. And I watched that video before every game, just his highlights. Before every game, I would watch Lawrence Taylor highlights on the bus, in the locker room, just seeing how he plays and just being like, I, I want to dominate like him. I want to play like yeah. him. 
you know, so just watching Lawrence Taylor play and just the beast mode that he was, the crazy, like, he was just insane. So, you know, I just wanted to try and be like him. And once my dad put me on, I still I still watch Lawrence Taylor's video, like, before every game this year. Like, it's crazy. That's playing your position, man. That makes total sense. And good on your dad for putting you on him because that, that was, that was, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, best to ever do it, uh, you know. Um, now, out of high school, you went to Georgia Tech. What end? What went into uh, the going to Georgia Tech for you? So the crazy thing about my transition to Georgia Tech, um, I was getting to talk to them heavily uh, when they before that defensive coordinator Nate Woody got in there, mm-hmm. but they stopped talking to me for a while. So I committed to the University of South Florida. I was committed to them for about a year or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was planning on signing them with the signing with them on the first signing day, but I ended up not doing that. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I ended up not signing with them on the first signing day. And they actually, the crazy thing was, I woke up, uh, I came outside one time uh, during PE for uh, my high school, and my coach told me, "Hey." there's a recruit here from Georgia Institute of Technology here to see you. You know, I was like, okay. So I went and talked to him. It was a uh, coach speed who was the recruiting, uh, who in my area was for him to recruit. So mm-hmm. he started talking to me about, Oh, we like you, uh, everything like that. And I ended up talking to coach Nate Woody on the phone, who was the defensive coordinator from Appalachian state the year before. And he already knew me because Appalachian state was in my top three before I committed to USF. So mm-hmm. I ended up already knowing Coach Nate Woody and all that. Mm-hmm. And the Friday, so there, the, you know, the signing day was on a Wednesday period, the second signing day. Yeah. So the Thursday before that, I ended up, uh, the Thursday before that, I ended up going to play. I had a basketball game. Mm-hmm. And Coach Speed was actually out of my basketball game when I was out there. Mm-hmm. And the very next day, I'm on a secret uh, official visit to Atlanta. Hold on, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm on a secret official visit up to Atlanta for uh, Georgia Tech just to, you know, see what they're about. I honestly went in there thinking, okay, I'm not going to go here. I'm committed to USF. I've been, like, I had so many connections there at USF. The yeah. strength coach played with my dad in Florida. I knew Coach Charlie Strong. He mm-hmm. know my dad, you know, I had a bunch of just people that already knew my mama. My mother knew a bunch of people in the medical program over there and everything. So it was just crazy. Uh, I really thought I was going to go there, but then they ended up changing my mind. I saw the academic standing of it. Mm-hmm. I saw the football standing of it. ACC, we're playing Clemson, North Carolina, yeah. everybody every year. So it was like, man. So I ended up committing, uh, decommitting from USF and committing to Georgia Tech that Sunday. And I called the coach on monday to let him know and signed with georgia tech on wednesday nobody really knew that i was going to do that until the very end so i ended up signing with georgia tech i had a big party like i sat my signing day in the middle of a basketball game because i was playing basketball in high school so that was crazy that's cool so who was the head coach when you committed to georgia tech uh coach paul johnson they were still running that uh option flex bone stuff yeah well, cool. so what, was um, like, what was it like, you know, in college? Com- well, practice then, because then you had where you're practicing against the option, the triple option all the time. What were those practices like compared to, you know, games? 
This has got to be a weird transition because you mostly practice your own offense and defense and scrimmages and stuff. And here you're having to defend the triple option. Man, when I tell you it was different trying to defend them. Uh, my first time going in full pass against triple option in camp, uh, I'm coming across, I played linebacker, you know. So we were in a three, three-man three front with an outside linebacker that could drop into coverage or rush the quarterback depending on what the play call was. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was floating over one time and dude just came out there and cut me. Like I'm thinking I have the quarterback. I did not see the wing coming out of there at all. Mm-hmm. He ends up and I do a whole flip and land on my back. Mm-hmm. So they're like, wow, this is my welcome to college moment, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Limping off and they're like, hey, you good? You good? I'm like, yeah, I'm good knowing I'm hurt. <laughs> so I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, man, that jump just is yeah. different. So just being able to play against that triple option. But I'll tell you this, it did definitely help you when uh, you're trying to defeat the cut block. That's one thing that they definitely taught you, not be able to get cut. So that's what I've been really just – I took a lot of water away from it. Uh, coach Johnson was a really great coach. Uh, he was not one to play around. He was one to tell you exactly how he felt. Whenever he felt it, he made sure you knew exactly what he wanted. And it's just like the genius that that man had of the game I would see Coach Johnson walking up and down the sideline, no play call sheet, just looking at their defense and then just look at uh, Taquan, who was our quarterback at the time, and tell him, you know what, go. And they just run plays. And I'd be like, oh, my gosh. Like, he has no call sheet. He's just walking up and down the sideline with his arms folded, headset on, just talking. And I'm like, man, them people are crazy. (laughs) He knows his stuff for sure. Definitely did. Now, when you were there – this is going to be kind of a weird question to you, maybe. We'll see. There was a chaplain named Derek Moore there? Oh, my gosh. Demo. Demo <laughs> speaks. That man, when I tell you, I owe my life to that man. That man helped me through so many tough times when I was at Georgia Tech, when he was first there, from my freshman year all the way up until he left to go to South Carolina. Oh, that is he man, in South Carolina now? Yeah, he's out of South Carolina okay. now. That man was just, He was the heart and soul of our team. I'm not going to lie. He would come in there and get us hype before every game. I could sit down and talk to that man for hours. I bet you if I could call him up right now, I'd call him and just talk to him. And he just talked to me about everything. He told me he's proud of me. Yeah. Uh, it's just a pleasure that I, that I love that man. Like He really helped me through a lot of stuff when I was at Georgia Tech. All right, let me see if I can get you fired up. We're going to fight till we can't <laughs> fight no more. Till we can't fight no more. Lay down. Fight no more. Fight no more. for a while. <laughs> Get back up and fight some more. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> Let me tell you about our connection with him, okay? When I came in. We have another best friend named Wes, okay? In high school, his girlfriend, we were in Con- we were near Conway, where UCA is. Yeah. And our buddy Wes's high school girlfriend, her family were big UCA supporters. Mm-hmm. Her dad had went to UCA, you know, and all that. Okay. Dirty. Well, UCA was trying to recruit Derek Moore. And her dad got to know him on the recruiting visit. And he ended up at a NAIA school in Oklahoma, like East Central, somewhere like that. Okay. Uh-huh. But he became friends with that family. So he would come to Conway and visit. And, you know, like he won't remember us at all. He would remember our buddy Wes and that family. But, like, he spoke at um, the graduating class after us at their graduation. And then, of course, you know, when you're in high school, you meet a guy like that 
And then he gets drafted and goes to the NFL. He's Barry Sanders back up. And then when Barry Sanders is hurt, has like a hundred yard game that ends up getting him a contract with uh, San Francisco and Carolina, mm-hmm. you know, so we followed him, you know, so he was one of those guys we looked up to. And then of course being, you know, a man of faith myself, uh, you know, his, you know, his, his faith and everything, you know, the way he always stood, you know, when he was popular in the pros, the way he stood up for it and everything. And so we always just got, always kind of kept up with him. And then one time on YouTube, I run across that, that hype speech he gave, you know, back when Tashard Choice and all them were there and he's doing that. We're going to fight. We can't fight no more. <laughs> and dude, I love that. I love that deal, man. And that man, D was a neat guy. Part of that man had me ready to run through a brick wall. Yeah. Like, love just listening to him whenever he talks. Just he's always so enthusiastic. He always has this energy yeah. about a positive vibe about himself. Yeah. That you know, like it makes it feel like whenever he's around, everything's gonna be all right. We're gonna go yeah. out there and do what we need to do. And I just gotta thank him for like everything he done, he's done for me. Like it's so much that behind closed doors that people don't even know that he's done for me. And just being able to help me mentally, help me just yeah. stay in, stay focused and stay on path, knowing what I need to do. So I just owe a lot to him. That's cool. Well, I was wondering that when, when I had that question in my mind the whole time when we, when we got you because. And if he's on social media or something, tag him on this when we put this out. So I got you. His yeah. Twitter handle is at Demo Speaks. Okay. So definitely yeah. tag him. I'm actually I might call him after we get off this right now because yeah. I haven't talked in a while. And I do want to catch up with him. I know he's gonna be happy for me to call him. I'll be happy to hear his voice. Yeah, yeah no, this is one of them is the small world things. Yeah, you never to be that connection. Well, and we got so mad because we wanted him to speak at our graduation. Okay. See? Instead, Man. we get we get the guy who's the now he's a legend in Arkansas, but he was the the country morning country DJ in Little Rock. That was our speaker for ours. I'm on that committee. I'm proud of that decision. Yeah, <laughs> we we wanted, but the my buddy's girlfriend was like, "No, we want, I'm wanting for mine." She graduated a year after us. So anyway, <laughs> well now at Georgia Tech, man, you had a great career there. Okay, you had you led the team one year in four with four sacks, and uh, now. Did you graduate? Yes, sir. I graduated early uh, December of 2021 with my bachelor's in business administration. So I was able to get that degree. But now you're wanting to go into medicine, right? I do. Yes, sir. Is that, is that the goal? Is that what the classes you're taking now for? So right now I've realized that the classes that I want to take to get me into the uh, PT program about everything, uh, I'm not going to be able to. You know, if I were to stay for a full two years at Arkansas, uh, that's what the plan is. I want to be able to get my other degree in the PT therapy school and everything like that. Mm. So right now I'm working on a master's in my business classes at the moment. Okay. And I plan on trying to come back whenever I'm done, like whether I become a GA, whether I'm done with the NFL or anything like that. I want to be able to come back and go into physical, go into the physical therapy field, you know. So right now I'm just working towards being able to get myself a business degree so that way I can open up my own physical therapy practice mm. and you know I'd be able to do all the accounting and everything like that if I wanted to uh just be able to work and just know you know the inside of a business and how a business works and operates mm-hmm. and all that. so if I were to open my own PT practice I could open you know multiple throughout the United States if I ever get the chance to so that's my main goal uh in life for real but right now we just got a whole bunch of steps to get there 
if the writing anime thing doesn't work out right in in nfl all right so what went into the decision to transfer to arkansas uh really it was just more so what i wanted to do with life you know like a bunch of people thought oh he wants to get out of Georgia Tech because they're not winning games. And I've heard that so many times. And mm. at the end of the day, it, it really wasn't that. Mm. Like, I want people to know it was not that. It had nothing to do with the coaching staff. It had nothing to do with just losing games. It was me realizing what I really want to do with life. Like, I've been working towards my business degree. I got my degree in business administration. Uh, and I just really wanted to know what I wanted to do next in life. I was looking into physical therapy because that's something I really want to go into. Mm. I want to be able to help athletes on and off the field help them with their recovery, help them with their rehabilitation whenever they need it, or just anybody in general, just to be able to make them feel good. Mm. And so when I entered the portal, I was really just thinking, okay, where can I go? That would give me a great physical therapy program, uh, whether I try and go into it now or later down on the line. And really just, I was really debating whether or not I wanted to go to try and make it to the NFL if I wanted to try and enter the draft. And it was really just me deciding, you know, I think it's time for me to try and find myself a different home. Uh, I gave four years of my life to Georgia Tech. I loved it. I enjoyed myself there. Uh, I got my degree. Mm-hmm. And it's an overall that's a good place to get a degree from. It's a great place to get a degree from. You that's know? no, that's, it's no Arkansas Tech. No, 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 no. Jordan, yeah. now my, my final two schools, when I, when I was leaving Greenbrier High School, it was it was between MIT and Arkansas Tech. <laughs> um, Tech ATU had a slightly better football program. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just joking. Yeah, let's let anybody in there. Slightly, slightly, slightly. Yeah, that's that's cool. So, <clears throat> and was there other schools you were looking at too? Was there any of them that were kind of in the top tier of where you wanted to transfer to? Uh, when I entered the portal, yeah. yes. Sir. So I was looking at Michigan State. I was I was looking at Arkansas. I was looking at Penn State, uh, Jackson State. I took an official to with Deion Sanders, and um, uh, that was a nice. Now, was that partially just to meet Deion? Actually, no. The crazy thing, my dad played with Deion and Pop Warner football. Yeah. Oh, what? You say your dad played with Emmett Smith and Deion Sanders? I mean, no big deal. Just two of the all time. Yeah. <laughs> Just two of the best that ever played their positions. You know. no, no big deal. My dad, it was down in Fort Myers. My dad played with Emmitt Smith and – no, not Emmitt Smith. Uh, Deion Sanders and Pop Warner and everything. He played with Emmitt Smith in college. And, you know, it was really just a family trip. And my mom was from uh, Jackson, Mississippi out there. So I have so much family out there. As soon as oh, I get out, like, man, I have so many connections out here. I know so many people. Everybody's walking up. Oh, you miss Dominic's son. You miss Dominic's son. You uh, stay and you part of the Campbell family, you know. Yeah. So it's wow, all these people really know me. I'm really in like a family environment. So it yeah. was nice to and just, you know, enjoy it. Yeah. So I, I got to ask you this question because, you know, with all the changes in college sports, did NIL factor at all in your transfer? Did that, I mean, was that something you, you know, I know the school probably on the recruiting and your visit or whatever is they're trying to sell it to you. They're like, Hey, we, you know, we've done this for our athletes or whatever, but is that a big factor, do you think? Or was that for you or or do you think it is for other transfers? So I do want to talk about this. I'm glad you brought NIL up. NIL wasn't really a big factor for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't really look at NIL as, oh, 
you know, you about to go do this, that, and the third. Mm -hmm. NIL really wasn't a factor for me. Like, money comes, yeah, it'd be great, but we all know we want to get to the NFL and try and make those big bucks. So if NIL comes, that just comes from, you know, making plays, getting your social media following up, just being able to, you know, go out there and play and, you know, make mm -hmm. a name for yourself, which I'm, hopefully I'm doing pretty well of. Mm -hmm. And the NIL thing, I can see – a lot of athletes do follow the NIL trend. They do want to try and make quick money fast. They do want to try and go somewhere where they have a big NIL, uh, just a whole NIL environment. But mm. I love it. I love that athletes are now getting paid to play, getting paid for mm. what they need. A lot of athletes didn't get that. Like, you got to mm. think, so many athletes would, like back in the 90s and even early 2000s, so many athletes would finish a football game bring in millions of dollars of revenue, but then they're going home trying to figure out what am I going to eat tonight? Yeah. You know, so I'm just glad that athletes are able to finally get paid for their work, their performance. Like, yeah, people say, oh, you guys get a scholarship, you get your school paid for. Well, that's all fine and good. But then again, how are we going to get food? How are you going to be able to provide for yourself? How are you going to be able to do all the things you want to do if you're not getting paid? Well, there's no room in your schedule to go out and get a job like it is for other students. Exactly. So, like, a lot of people don't understand that, like, we have classes, man. When we're doing classes, we end up going – once we're done with classes, we end up going to uh, practice. We have meetings for three hours. We have practice for two and a half hours. We got more meetings possibly afterwards. You got to wake up. You got workouts during the day. Mm. You There's so much that athletes do that people don't realize how time-consuming yeah. – Sports really is for athletes and that's if you and, don't have any injuries to get treated so man go for treatment for that let's not even get started on the injuries man yeah. so that's even that's even crazier because you still have to go to all the practices you still have to go to all the meetings but now you have workouts to work through your injury you have to go to the treatment room like you spending almost 10 12 hours out at, uh up at the training facility so it's like man so I, I'm really just happy that NIL is now in place for athletes. I'm I'm getting something from NIL. You know, I'm getting a little something, but I know people that are getting major contracts and people that aren't really getting anything. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you want to, if you want to get NIL, you got to go out there. You got to make plays. You got to make a name for yourself. You got to build your mm -hmm. brand. You got to build who you are, what your character is, what you represent. Yeah. And get that, people are going to start flocking to you that have the same ideals and same you know, they want that for their company. They want that image. They want that brand for their company. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, there's a lot of people complain about it or whatever, but, you know, there's there's those guys like, you know, the dude that I guess that went to Ohio State last year and then transferred to Texas or whatever. Yeah. Nothing in Ohio State but got all this NIL money. There's those guys, right, that yeah. really haven't earned it on the field. But for the majority – the more you show, the more you show on the field, the more you get paid. I mean, it's just like if you, you know, if the more Clint shows with work at his job, the better he's going to get paid, right? Exactly. And so it's and really you is. You got to think as like you got to think of it as a job. You got to think of it as an opportunity. Man, mm -hmm. we're coming here, we're putting our bodies through the ringer. We're trying to do this, that. You go out there and make a big play. That's your job. That's what you're supposed to do. And now that you're doing your job and you're doing your job proficiently, what do you do? What happens in the workplace when you're doing your job really well? You get a promotion. Yeah. Well, now obviously you're getting bonuses. You're getting promotions outside of football. You're getting interview times. I'm glad I'm able to get on this podcast with you guys. You know, mm -hmm. uh, you're getting just money. You're getting opportunities. You're getting clothes. You're getting everything. So mm -hmm. it's just something to enjoy and something that you can 
strive for it. But I just want athletes to understand, don't get so focused on the NIL aspect of it that you forget what the bigger goal and the bigger picture is. Yeah. No, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. Now, no, this is your first season at Arkansas. Which tackle on our team gives you the most fits in practice? Which tackle? Yeah. Or just what offensive lineman? Offensive lineman. Just which are, which one gives you the most fits? Which one are you like, I can't get that old guy. The one I would say would probably be Devin. Devin. Uh, he's coming off an injury, and he's – that man's he's big. He's got good size. He can block. He can move pretty well for a big guy. Like, he, he does pretty well. Uh, he hasn't really played too much this year, but mm. on that scout team, he gives us, like, trouble. He gives us problems, and I just love playing against them. And then as well as, you know, Brady, Dalton Wagner is a great offensive tackle. Dalton Wagner is just – his ability just to be able to read the line, just understand what his calls are, and just the way he plays his game is insane to me. Like, I love just watching him play. I love going against him in practice every day, whether it's run or pass. I just love being able to – get a one-on-one matchup with really anybody on the offensive line mm-hmm. from Terry Wells, Dalton Wagner, you know, street, everybody. I just enjoy going up against them every day because it's iron sharpening iron. Everybody's good and we're just improving to improve and just get better and better and better. Yeah. Now at Georgia Tech, you had to come in as a freshman and there's that transition of getting into the team and becoming a part of the team and becoming one of the boys and all that kind of stuff. And now you've done that transition a second time as you transferred into Arkansas. Was it easier transferring into Arkansas to kind of bond in with the team or was it harder, do you think? So I'll give you this. Coming into Georgia Tech, it was easier with the workouts, mm-hmm. but it was harder to bond with the team. Gotcha. As a Coming into Arkansas, it was pretty easy to bond with the team. These workouts are killer. These things are crazy. I like you can ask anybody in the facility. My first day coming out to Arkansas workout, I'm over there dying, gasping. I'm not used to anything that these people are doing. And that just like gives you the credibility of the weight room coaches and uh coach Jamel Walker and everything like that. Like they know what they're doing and they're definitely here to put that work in. They want you to work, they want they're gonna push you to what you thought was your limit and push you beyond your limit, yeah. you know. So, Really enjoy coming out here and working out. When I first got here in the summer, uh, I was looking totally different. Uh, I, was, I, I ain't going to lie, I was sloppy. I'm not going to say I was sloppy, but it wasn't what I wanted to be with my body. I, and just being able just to work just for the summer, I didn't even get the spring with them. Just for the summer, I saw so many major improvements to my game. I was getting a little bit bigger. I was getting a little bit stronger. My muscles were becoming more defined. Yeah. Uh, I was able to run. I feel like I'm running faster now. I feel like I'm you know, being able to, I'm more athletic than I was when I was at Georgia Tech. I feel like I've really developed myself and my game. And I'm just going to continue to develop under uh, Coach Walker, Coach Hightower, Coach Q, and just everybody there. Well, this is the part of the podcast where we talk about Clint's man crush on Coach Walker. I have. Don't tell him about it. (laughs) (laughs) It's like like I gave him, we do a player of the game every week. Yeah. Um, and I gave it to Coach Walker a couple times. <laughs> in our in our player of the game, we don't do the obvious ones, you no. know, like the the ones that the TV stations have already done. We do kind of more of a deep dive, like you know, guys that that we see doing things that may not be filling the stat sheet, but you know, they're they're doing things or, or something like I gave yeah, mine I mean, to I gave mine to Mama Sanders 
Mama Sanders. Yeah, for having those twin boys, Rocket and uh, Drew Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but, but you know, you can tell Coach Walker's just an intense individual. <laughs> when we had when we had Reed on too, you know, he he talked about Coach Walker, you know, even as a as a punter, you know, he said that he goes, I don't get out of it. He talked about him just like you did, you know, his intense and the workouts are just amazing. Uh, man, that man, Coach Walker, is intense. He's definitely one that's going to talk you up. He's going to build you up. He's a no-nonsense, no-BS kind of guy. Mm-hmm. He's going to tell you exactly what he's thinking. He's going to tell you exactly what he wants, and he's going to strive for perfection every time. He's definitely going to talk to you. He's going to make sure you know, yeah, I care about you, but right now I don't care about your legs. Get on that prowler and pull it. Like, you know, he's going to make you do yeah. all this. Like, he's going to make sure you know that you he cares. He's going to make sure that you are developing the way he needs you to develop. I bet he's just going to kick you out of the, uh, kick you out of the workout if you're not working like you should yeah. be. And that just, that's just a testament to him. Like, he wants you to understand, look, if you're not here to give 100% and really buy into this program, then we don't need you, you know? And he's going to make sure you know, like, you better buy in. Like, and it's, everybody's bought in so far. So I'm just enjoying it. I'm doing my time. And it's crazy because – the workouts they do really work and I've just been able to develop, you know? Yeah. You know, Clint, hearing him describe that, that's the difference we see in this Razorback team compared to years past before, Pittman. Really you know, we, because we, we saw a team out there before Pittman that, you know, when it got going, got tough, sometimes they would fold under, you know, and with y'all, we, you know, under Pittman, we've seen a Razorback team. That's why the fans are so nuts right now. Is we see a team that y'all don't quit, you know, you're, you know, when you're down to Missouri state, you don't quit, you know, you have a bad game like you did, you know, a game that didn't bounce your way like you did last weekend. We never saw any quit in that game, you know, I mean, even after some, you know, tough things, you know, and, and, and I'm totally confident y'all are going to come out with no quit this week and fight hard. And I like, I didn't always have that confidence, Jordan, in the Razorbacks. You know what I mean? And under some of the last coaches. And like Clint always says, Coach Walker, you know, probably is a huge part of, of that, I'm guessing. Would you say? I definitely can. Like, he's definitely a huge part of it, just with, like, the development of the players, the encouragement of the players, for sure, making sure that he, like, the players know, look, we care about y'all. We want y'all to be the best versions of yourself that you can be, pushing everybody to the limit and just understanding, like, the leadership on our team. Leadership on our team makes us feel like, oh, we can't quit now. We, we're still in this game. Uh, I can say in a lot of places, they don't have the leaders that we have. In Bumper Pool, Dalton Wagner, Isaiah Nichols, you know, Drew, Jalen Catalan, let him get back healthy as soon as he can and be able to, you know, because that man's a fourth. Uh, just K.J. Jefferson, just everybody that's a leader in our program. They've really set the standard of, look, we're going to push ourselves. We're never going to quit no matter what. We could be down 40 or something. We're still going to play balls to the wall. You know, we're not going to stop. We're not going to quit. We're going to come in there. We're going to be physical. We're going to attack. We're going to play. And we're going to play the whole 60 minutes, not 59, not 58. We're coming in there to take it all. You know, that's just we want to play. Sure, things may not bounce our way sometimes. Like, you know how football games are. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Play, but – you might not get the win or you might not be the better team and you do get the win because the way you played and the way you hustled and the way you guys set out your mindset and everything. Mm -hmm. So really just every week, everybody attacks with the mindset of, look, we got to get better. It's Arkansas versus Arkansas on Mm -hmm. Saturday. 
us versus us. We don't care about any other team. We don't care about any other logo. It's us going out there and playing our brand of football so that we're able to, you know, do what we need to do to come out with a win if we can. Mm-hmm. So that's just basically our mindset. Now, <clears throat> once again, this, you know, of course, we're not going to talk much about last week, right? Um, but coming out of that, there's a lot of noise out there, right? Fans are fans. And look, me and Clint are fans. Yeah. But fans are idiots sometimes, okay? You know, fans don't understand. We're not at practice. We don't know, you know, what, what, you know, they gripe about play calling. We we don't know what plays looked awesome in practice and for some reason didn't work on the game, you know. We don't, you know, we don't, fans don't know the inner workings, yet we get on, you know, they get on social media and start talking all kinds of crap or whatever. As a player, and, and and not just maybe for you, but as you see other players, do most players just drown out that noise? Or does that sometimes – I mean, you know, you can be as open as you want to, but does sometimes does that creep in and you hear those voices and it, you know, gets kind of tough sometimes? So I feel like for most of us, we understand, like, we've been through a lot. Like, a lot mm-hmm. of players that have been here through Arkansas for four or five years – They've mm-hmm. seen the ugly side of Arkansas and they've seen the pretty mm-hmm. side of it. You know, I was at Georgia Tech. We went three and nine, three years in a row. I've seen the ugly side of Georgia Tech and I've seen the yeah. positive side of Georgia Tech. You know, mm-hmm. and just you can't focus and you can't listen to fans. Because at the end of the day, like you said, they're not in practice. They're not seeing what's going on. They're mm-hmm. not doing what we're doing. They're not coming out there and working and they don't know what we're up against. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's really just that's why I say when I say as Arkansas versus Arkansas, it's really us versus ourselves. We love the fan support. Don't get me wrong. And there oh, are yeah, some sure. appreciate Arkansas and the work that we're doing more than fans that are truly mad at us, you know, but it gets on your Twitter feed and you see it and you're just like, man, I wish I could have done better. I wish I could have done this. I wish I could have done that. But mm-hmm. we're really good. I've seen with this team, they're really good at blocking out the noise and understanding look. We don't care what anybody has to say about us because the only people that truly matter on that football field are the people that are in that locker room. Mm. The ones that matter are the ones that are going out there to play, the ones that are going out there to give us a scout look, the ones that are going out there to kick us our field goals, to kick off, mm. everything like that. Everybody on our team is creates value with themselves, whether they're a scout player, whether they're the starter, it doesn't matter. Mm. As long as you're going out there and playing your brand of football and knowing what we need from you, we understand. Block all that noise out. Block all the negativity. Block all the haters out. It doesn't really matter. They can say what they want from behind the screen, you know, but they're not out here doing it. They're not out here playing. Like, so at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what everybody says. We know we just got to get up, brush that dust off, and keep it pushing. Yeah. So we complained about the fans a little bit. And like you said, the players love the fans. So it's obvious that y'all as a team love the fans, okay? Yeah. Just in, look. To get you on here, I just sent you a message on Twitter, and you were and you were willing to read it and respond. Okay, so that to me that shows you care about the fans. And there's other players that you know that that you know is that way too. You know, you see y'all at different things, but talk about just how good the fan support is at Arkansas because you've yeah. seen it at another school, and 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 I'm sure y'all had great fans at Georgia Tech too. But is you know maybe not necessarily compare that, but just talk about what it means to you when you do have that full stadium, and y'all are it's it's third and, and third and short, 
and those fans start, I mean, just the eruption of the fans and what it means to you out there on the field to hear that. When I tell you, uh, I got to start off with just the hog walk. That was my first, my first ever hog walk before the Cincinnati game. I'm walking out there and I just see a sea of red next to the buses when we're pulling up. I'm, oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm walking on the bus and I can hear them from down the street, you know. Yeah. I'm enjoying second of it. The entire atmosphere was electric. It was crazy to me. Yeah. And just out there to your field and see that the whole stadium is just a sea of red. Mm. And cheering, they're there for you guys. They're there for you. It just makes you want to play harder. It makes you want to play more physical. You don't want to go out there and disappoint your fans. Yeah. You want to go out there and, you know, make a statement, go make a play, make something happen, yeah. make something. And just being able to go into my own stadium and realizing that it's majority of our team and not the other team, like, that, that makes, it makes it feel better. It makes you feel like, yeah, I'm really a part of something special. Mm-hmm. There's really a fan base behind us. There's really people that are here that are supporting us no matter what. And I'm so happy that I'm here and I'm able to see that with my own eyes, being able to hear the crowd roar on third downs when we're trying to go get that pass rusher or we're trying to be the pass rusher to get that sack, you know? Yeah. And hearing the crowd erupt whenever there's a big play, it just it gives you a little feeling of just like pride and joy yeah. of something that, we we started, we mm-hmm. created. Not me personally, but the you know University of Arkansas started last year with their nine and four record, yeah. which is you know, a lot of things. And just seeing how the fans will come out and flock to the games now, just seeing how sold out Cincinnati was, how sold out Missouri State was. I know this weekend against Alabama is going to be insane. <laughs> I know people are going to want to go to that game. They said it's going to be more people at this game than a bunch of games and like in the past years. So I'm excited to see the turnout for that. I'm excited to see what happens. And I'm just, you know, I just enjoy having that fan presence, just that 12th man, if you will. Yeah. So just, it's amazing. Now in your time, we're doing the red out this, this week is what I, what I saw that that we're going to make the stadium red. Have you been into a, the stadium yet where it's been all one color or they tried to strap it out or anything? Will this be your first time like this? This will be my first time. I think I might have been the one when we played Georgia at Georgia my freshman year, my redshirt freshman year when I didn't play. Mm-hmm. Uh, that may have been an all red out. I'm not really sure. But just to be able to just go in there and see a whole stadium of red, I'm just imagining it. I just think it's crazy because like, I've seen the Penn State whiteout game where they were playing Michigan, you know, and I saw how Michigan had to call a timeout on the first play of the game because they couldn't even get the ball snapped. Yeah imagining what if we do that here we get a whole crowd of sea of red and it's just gets so loud that they can't even you know get the ball off they can't do anything like that's just i'm imagining that it's just like crazy to me i just can't wait to see it have any of the other hogs that have been here talked about little rock games much with you not really too much about the little rock game we've more so been talking about i talked to uh, isaiah nichols and everything and we were just talking about you know, a lot of just like we were really comparing how bad our teams were. Uh, yeah. Uh, when he was here his first few years when they were winning like two games and I'm winning three. And we were just not comparing how bad our teams were, but just like the way we played and, you know, the blowout scores and just how everything's really progressed from back then until now. Mm. You know, just being able to see that, just go back and watch what I've done before and what I've seen before and the team that I was on before. Yeah. And now a different team that truly buys in, that truly plays, that truly wants to be better, that wants to do better. They're willing to put in the work to be better. 
you know, I'm just enjoying my time. And it's just crazy just seeing everything that happens around me. Well, you know, of course, y'all aren't playing there this year. I don't think they're not playing in Little Rock at all, are they? No, nah, not this uh, year. But um, Little Rock Stadium, you know, is a lot smaller than Fayetteville. It's, you know, 55,000, isn't it, Clint? 54 or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's all concrete and it's in a bowl. There's no, there's no gaps. Yeah. It's all, you're, you're down in a bowl and the audience and the fans are almost right on top of you. <laughs> Fayetteville wow. gets loud, you know, gets very loud. But if, if you, if you had another 20,000 in Little Rock, it would blow it out of the water. Little Rock gets loud, man. Crowds, crowds can be crazy. You know, Jordan, I ask everybody this that, that that's played a sport. Who has the best hecklers that you've played against? Who has the best what? Hecklers. Which, which student section just makes you laugh? Because Jordan, because when I asked Reed Bauer this, he actually told me, he goes, it's going to surprise you. It was Colorado State. Colorado State? Colorado yeah. State. They played them a few years ago when Chad Morris was here. You don't want to talk about that game. Yeah, we don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Um, for me, out of all the years I played football, I have to say Florida State had the best hecklers. I could see that. Florida State, which is just being on the field and just looking at the fans and just hearing them talk. I was really over there joking with my teammates on the sideline um, when we were playing them. I just heard everybody. They're just like, hey, 42, you're trapped, just yelling yeah. and just saying, and them stuff, and I'm like, man, these people are funny. Yeah. Like, this is, I, I love when I hear a heckler talk. Yeah, because it's man, it's crazy how you're sitting over there and I'm out here, but you're the one talking. Yeah. Trash. Like, funny to me. Yeah, and if you were standing right in front of me, you would you'd be saying yes sir and no sir. <laughs> but up there in them stands, you sound like a big dog. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta love it, and it's like that's just comes a part of the game, and it's just so funny to me because it just realized, you know. That really just shows the passion that fans have for their team. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know a bunch of Arkansas fans and some hecklers over on the other sideline talking to the other team and everything. Oh, yeah. It's amazing just to see how, like, invested people will get into their team to the point where they're actually talking crazy. So it's just funny to me, and it's just nice to see sometimes. Well, when basketball season starts, you'll have to go to some games and – uh See the see the students at the at the basketball games because you know of course in a basketball stadium you can hear them a lot better, mm-hmm. and they they do some Arkansas basketball fans have historically done some pretty neat stuff. Back when we were coming up, you'd go to games and they would they would all pull up when they would announce the other team, mm-hmm. they'd all pull up newspapers like they're reading the newspaper. <laughs> I saw that one time on YouTube. I saw the uh, Arkansas fan. They all had newspapers up when they were yeah. announcing. The- and I saw that. And they would say like, "Who's he?" After they'd say his name, and and like, or just say like they would, they would uh find you know research stuff about them and say stuff about them. What you know, it was, it's pretty yeah. entertaining. So, uh, remember a game where you went and like when they were announcing the players, they all just turned around, like everybody yeah. just stood up and around and just like didn't even look at them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've always seen. That's just funny to me. Yeah. Now, of course, y'all are getting ready for a huge game this week, Bama coming in. Uh, you're playing against a Heisman winner last year, right? Uh, and as you're getting ready for Bryce Young, how important is – one of the things I think people don't understand 
in in defenses, especially against a quarterback like him, is a big job you have is helping containing. So how 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 important is containment? Is that cat's not going to take no for an answer. You might it, as well just let him. Yeah. <laughs> She's over here just chilling. Yeah, she wants to be a star of the show. But how important is, is containment as y'all are getting ready to play a guy like him? Uh, that's just – containing the quarterback is huge, not just in this game, but in every game for real. Mm. Uh, there were some plays that we let the quarterback out and contain against Texas A&M and they gashed us, you know. Mm. So I know that he's going to be a more mobile quarterback. He's much more, you know, mm. uh, intellectual. He's better has a better IQ on the football field than a lot of quarterbacks that we play so far. And that shows just being a Heisman winner. Mm. Uh, just being able to play against him, we're definitely going to have to be able to keep him in the pocket, contain him. And he's a great pass. Uh, he's a great passer, too. So mm. not just containing him, but actually getting to him, getting yeah. him off his messing up his throws, that's going to be a huge emphasis for us this week. Uh, just being able to, you know, affect the quarterback because they do a lot of passing, which is a lot different from the old Alabama, which I used to watch growing up, you know. Mm-hmm. So seeing that they do a lot of passing on first and second down or just passing in general with their quarterback, and they have some really good wide receivers. Uh, their running back, Jameer Gibbs, I remember playing with him over at Georgia Tech. Uh, he was there with me as well. He transferred out the same year as me to go over there. So, and uh, uh, it's just going to be an interesting battle. I'm ready to like, – we're just working to get better at it, you know. Now, what's that going to be like tackling one of your old teammates this week? You know how, like, you're in practice and you always think, man, I wouldn't want to go up against him. <laughs> it's, it's actually the opposite for me. I, I really want to test myself against Jameer. Yeah. That man, I really feel like he could be a Heisman candidate as well. He's a great running back. He can catch. He can block. He can run. He mm-hmm. got his great vision as a uh, running back. Uh, just being able to play against him is going to be something like, man, I practiced against you, but – and I seen you do some crazy stuff during practice. There was one play they were running uh, at Georgia Tech. We were running a counter with Jameer. And I had gotten into the backfield, and I'm coming across. So he's coming from the left side of the quarterback, and I'm coming from the right side of the quarterback. And I'm about to tackle Jameer. He gets the ball and hits a spin move around the quarterback. Like, he literally backspun around the quarterback and took off to the outside. And I'm just sitting there. Like, I tried to grab him, and I just flow around the quarterback. I'm like, what the heck was this? Like, <laughs> Nobody actually get the ball and then spin behind your quarterback and take yeah. off the right side. He just ran it up the sideline. I'm like, man. So <laughs> really, there. I'm, I'm just ready to play. Yeah. I, I just want to play. Are you helping your other teammates? Are you giving them some advice on how to how to tackle him and how to how to uh, things he's gonna do? Man, I, I would, but they give it. They're giving me advice. You know, yeah. just everybody they're watching, needs. They're watching so much film. They're probably getting the stuff you. Yeah. Exactly. Just being able to watch film and just see how they play. And not just Jameer, but they're number two and they're number six. Their running backs are doing pretty well as well. Uh, they've all rotated. They've all got pretty good playing time. So I just want to be able to go out there and play my best. And, you know, I've actually got a lot of help from some of the older guys as well that have played Alabama before that were here last year and the year before. And just the way they scheme it up and everything and just got to do a lot of film study, got to do a lot of practice, make sure our technique is good. Uh, make sure we know our assignments, where assignments sound, and just go out there and play our Arkansas brand of football. Physical, violent, swarm the ball. So, um, coming off a tough game like you did last week, going into this game, 
where would you say the mindset is for the team right now? What's 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 the you know the motivation? I mean, there's always kind of a similar motivation, but where would you say the mindset is? You feel like y'all are in a good place getting ready for this, or you still got some work to do this week? To so obviously we're always gonna have work to do. We're always gonna have to get right. better. The mindset is: look, we won the month of uh, we won the month of August. You know, we won the month of September. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a little blip at the end where we didn't things didn't work out our way, but we're on to the next. You know, it's like a piece of paper, crumble it up, throw it away, get a new sheet when you're ready. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to get to work. We have a whole new. We treat it just like any other game. We have a whole new team coming in. We're about to be playing in our stadium. We're preparing the same way we prepare for any other game because we know at the end of the day it's still Arkansas versus Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a great chance. You know, we have a great team. We have great leaders. We have. Just um, amazing. I feel like we have an amazing team overall. And the mindset going into this week, everybody knows, look, we're going to go out there and play our brand of football. We had some mistakes last week that we should need to clean up. Uh, We had some mistakes the week before that we still are making that we need to clean up. And that's our emphasis right now. Get those mistakes cleaned up. Make sure we know our blitz tracks. Make sure we know our assignments, our alignments. Make sure everything's good. And... Basically, that's how we're going about it. We're not too worried about the logo on the helmet. We're not too worried about the name. We're more worried about ourselves, and we're more worried about, you know, let's get to it. Let's go play our brand of defense. Let's go play our brand of offense. Let's go play physical. Let's go play fast. Let's start fast, you know, hit them in their mouths. Like, let's not sit back and just be like one of those teams that are like, oh, so-and-so's coming in, so how bad are we going to get beat? Nah, we're going to go in there and make sure they know you're going to remember Arkansas at the end of the day. Well, I'm fired up, Clint. I am too. <laughs> That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Cause I, and I and I knew that was what we was gonna hear from you because y'all have shown that over and over again. And, and uh, you know, we're we're excited for you for sure. Now, also in my little bit of research I did, you're a big music guy. I love music. And uh so what's some of your go-to music? What's your what's your favorites? Uh so my favorite artist. Not of all time, but my favorite artist currently would be YNW Melly. His song, Blue Balenciagas. If anybody knows me, I've been singing that song since my freshman year of high school. Freshman, sophomore year of high school. I know every single lyric to that song. Uh, I was really liking King Von a lot. But it's just not just rap, but I like all types of music. So I like to make music as well. I love instrumentals. If you ever see me just talking to myself while having headphones in or something, I'm literally just making up my own lyrics to the song. I'm making I'm making music myself. I like the rap. I love the freestyle. You throw on a beat off freestyle at any point, anytime, anywhere. It doesn't matter. I just love it. Yeah. Uh, music. I love listening to 80s R&B, uh, 90s R&B. I love old school music. Uh, What's some of your favorite old school? Man, if I had to say, I have a whole R&B playlist that I have. Return of the Mac is definitely one of my favorite songs. Good song. Um, yeah. Return is a great one. Uh, what's the name of the other song that I've always listened to? There's Return of the Mat, uh, Killing Me Softly. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I love them. I love them so much. Uh, people might get on me for this, but I do love the, uh, what's their name? I keep thinking the Ice, uh, I keep thinking Ice Spice because of the new girl that's out, but no, it's uh, the Cheetah Girls. I did used to love to listen to them sometimes. Okay, yeah, gotcha. I never listened to them, but so 
it's it's funny, like, because the reason, the crazy thing is, I heard about the Cheetah Girls from uh the movie called Chicken Little. Okay, you, yeah. I remember that Cheetah Girls had a song in there, and I just listened to them and just be like, man. Yeah. <laughs> so I uh, listen to them a lot. I love Neo. Neo, when he was this old R&B, he came out with an album, I think, believe this year that I've been listening to. Yeah. Uh, just, just like, it just depends on your mood, you know? Gotcha. Well, um, I was a. Uh, I work at a school, and I was filling in with a for a kindergarten class the other day, and it was the twenty first of September. Mm -hmm. so I played that old Earth, Wind, and Fire song. You know, do you remember <laughs> the twenty? I played that for the kids, you know, and of course these are kindergartners, and they, you know they start dancing to it and stuff. And this one little girl goes, "Oh, I know this song." I'm like, "How do you know this song?" She said, "It was on Trolls." <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, there we go. So oh, look, these cartoons are bringing back some of these old songs. The crazy thing in our uh training room when it was the twenty first of September, they had that song on repeat. <laughs> they played it like five times in a row. When I'm over there, my... man, can we change something? <laughs> and I don't know how it is. I don't know how it was in Florida. But I know when we were in high school and even, you know, I've, I've been a youth, I was a youth pastor for a long time before I became a pastor. And so I'm at, you know, I'm in high school football games all the time. And probably half the bands in Arkansas play that as part of their halftime show. <laughs> you know, I've heard the Razorback band do it. it you know. That's when the fires. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. crazy. I've heard it yet, but that just might be me not being locked into what the band is doing. You've been in the locker room most of the time. Uh, ah, so <laughs> getting directions and, and adjustments for the rest of the game, probably. <laughs> but, uh, well, man, um, so you still making music? You, you still do that some, or football's kind of got you busy for doing that? So football in school has got me busy, but I do have a lot of music that I listen to. I have instrumentals that I want to write music to, music that I've written to that I just don't have a producer to go to and just record. Uh, I just have a lot of stuff hidden in my phone that is yeah. just like, cool. So I do love it. I do like to write whenever I can. But yeah. I've been trying to more so not work away from music, but more so work on, you know, the anime writing. And I have a story that I truly want to write down that, there's a whole, like, I have a whole multiverse okay. that I really create and I want to get into and just make that something that I can turn into a reality myself. So that's something I'm really trying to do right now. So what, what's your go-to, uh, what's your go-to food up in Fayetteville? Go-to food up in Fayetteville? The crazy thing, my girl put me on Southern Food Company, their chicken and waffles for breakfast. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out there just killing that. I love company. Y'all have the Wendy's out here. Wendy's has always been my favorite. I love the fries that they've had. I can get fat off the fries they have. Chick-fil-A as usual. So what, they, what's your favorite? What's your order at Wendy's? My Wendy's, uh, Dave's triple, no pickles, no onions, with a large fry, a large fruit punch, and a large chocolate frosty. Uh, that's either that. You know, I was in Las Vegas and there's this place we always go to called Hash House or Go-Go. Mm -hmm. And I went one time and I got the chicken and waffles and the waitress looked at me and said, is it okay if it has bacon in the waffles? And I'm like, <laughs> 
that's the dumbest question anyone's ever asked me. Yeah, sure. okay of, course, of course it's okay if the yeah. It's not okay if it's not in the waffle. Yeah. How about that? That's like, a, is it okay if I have love in my heart? Man. Okay. I mean, uh, in Atlanta, when I was younger, I went to a place called Gladys Nice Chicken and Waffles. Have y'all ever been there? I have not. No, but if it's named after Gladys Knight, it's got to be good. Man, it was a really famous chicken and waffle spot. And we went there a couple times when I was doing uh, AAU basketball with my family and teammates. Mm. Man. I can still taste the uh, chicken and waffles from Gladys Nights on my tongue right now, just thinking about it. And I'm so mad that it got closed down, but oh. Oh, no. I've ate at Roscoe's in Los Angeles before. I've had Roscoe's chicken and waffles. See, I, I I've never been I've never been to Los Angeles, but I've heard some bad stuff about Roscoe's recently. So I don't know if I'm be going there anytime soon. <laughs> uh, I haven't heard anything, but I've already ate it, so it's done. That's <laughs> right. <Sure. laughs> Oh, you don't know what about, about what's your go-to barbecue? You got any? You got any uh, favorite? Uh, our barbecue is a big thing in Arkansas. You like barbecue? So I do love barbecue. I've been to um, Slim Chickens is a little barbecue, not really barbecue. You know, uh, is Torchy's barbecue or is that like Tex-Mex for real? Uh, Torchy's? I'm, I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, I like Sassy's when I go up there to Fayetteville. I like to eat at Sassy's Red House. I've eaten a little bit of Sassy's too. I like that. And then I can't even remember. I remember when we first when I first moved in here, my family and I loaded up in the U-Haul. We went to a place uh, right down the road from me right now. I can't remember the name of the barbecue place, but they had some uh, barbecue uh, chicken nachos that I got. Uh, chicken and delicious. <laughs> they were. It was insane. I loved it. So they've gotten you down to the catfish hole yet? They have a couple of times. Yeah, they took me there. Uh, I went there on my official visit once, and then I went down there again. I love their chicken. I love their steak. Mm. Uh, they have some really good food out of catfish hole. I like it. And it's really not too far from me, so I can really drive up there in like yeah. five times, get myself a little to-go plate, and I'll be home eating my chicken and fries. Yeah. By the time you know a game comes on or something, yeah. I'm gonna go to the catfish hole and not leave till I hate myself. <laughs> now, this is a question Clint normally asks, but I'm gonna ask it right. Do you have any game day traditions? Any things you do each each game day you got or each uh to get ready for the game? Certain music you gotta listen to, TV shows you gotta watch, whatever. So, I'm a, I'm a bit weird with it, you know. So, actually, I don't have I don't wear headphones for games. I don't listen to music before games. Uh, I always make sure I have the same exact dress. I always have a red arm sleeve on my right leg. I always make sure to have two muscle bands on my right arm, uh, right uh, left arm sleeve on my left hand. I use the wrist rockets. Uh, before every game, whenever we get to the stadium, I always do a complete lap around the field. Just walk from end zone to end zone. Uh, just work in the corners and everything. Just get a feel for the field and everything. Just to take in the entire surroundings because that's how I really take it in before the game starts, before all the crowd gets in there and everything. I just like to look at the stadium, take a little lap around and just see everything that, you know, the stadium have to offer. And I did that when we played Texas A&M. I did it when we played Cincinnati. Uh, I make sure I watch the Lawrence Taylor video. Like I said, I watch that before every single game. And I always make sure I get stretched by one uh, certain uh, weightlifting coach before games because he has the stretch that I want down. And then I make sure I go out by another certain weightlifting coach. So 
it's a few things that I've done that I've kept a tradition with. And I just like to, you know, keep going with that. That's awesome, man. Well, Jordan, we've gone over our time here, man. We, we appreciate you so much. And, uh, we're proud to have you as a hog dude. We we're glad to have you. And, uh, and I, like I said, man, I, I love watching the defensive linemen play. I love watching defensive ends play because I know, especially with football the way it is now, that defensive line position is so important, okay? It's so important to the, the, that y'all do pressure, that you contain, that you do all the things you do. And, man, when I see you out there on the field, you do all of those really well. You're not just a – you know, you get, you're, you're getting there with the pass rush, but, but you're doing all those things well, man, and um, – we respect that. And also I'd seen some interviews with it, man. And, and you've proven it here. You're a, you're an awesome guy and you, you handle yourself. Well, you're well-spoken. You're a great representative for that, for the university and the team, man. And, and we appreciate you coming on here and it's been fun talking to you. Hopefully you've had a good time and we haven't been too much of big dummies on here. Man, I, I'm with y'all honor and a privilege to be on with y'all just to be able to talk to y'all and just get an outside fans perspective. Any other questions you guys have, just ask. I love my time here, and I just, you know. Well, I was going to ask, that strip sack versus Cincinnati, if that dude hadn't got your legs, would you have scored? Yes. Oh, and I got to ask, dude. Sorry. Who got you, by the way? Was that a lineman? That was the lineman number 60. As soon as I picked the ball up, he jumped on my legs. I was like, man, I was about to take it to the house. Yeah, because it looked like there's nothing but green in front of you. And now, that's awesome Clint asked you that, because – You've taken it to the house a couple of times at Georgia Tech, right? I have, yeah. I've gotten two touchdowns in my career so far. Now, and that dude, that's that's stinking awesome because how many defensive linemen can say that? You know what I mean? Not too many, you know. And I'm but like, one of them I saw. <laughs> okay, I already know what you're, you're cruising down the field. Okay, you're cruising down the field. And here comes one of your partners, man. They're coming down. They're about to block for you. And here comes a defender or, a, you know, now an offensive guy coming to try to tackle you. He's got a cutoff angle on you. He's coming. You grab your own guy and use him like a blocking dummy. <laughs> and throw him. I mean, they say you stiff-armed him. You threw your own guy into that tackler. And then went in for the touchdown, dude. That that's what it folks get on YouTube. <clears throat> look up Jordan Dominic uh returns the fumble for a touchdown or whatever. It was 78 yards. 78, yeah. yeah. Something like that. Tell me about that play. Man, so that was actually a funny play. So the funny thing is about it. So since we've been playing triple option for so long, I really just was practicing what I used to do against uh, Coach Johnson whenever we played them in the triple option, you know. Mm -hmm. So I just played the defense, the tackle block down. I served. I realized that the quarterback wasn't going to be able to cut it off, so I knew he was going to pitch it. Mm -hmm. So as soon as he pitched, I really just reached out my hand, and I was able to knock the ball down. It actually bounced off my foot the first time, so I went to look for it, and I realized that it was there. So I grabbed the ball, picked it up, started running. I see the quarterback coming. I'm like, man, if I'm a D lineman get tackled by a quarterback, I'm going to be clowned all day for it. I sit on the quarterback. I didn't even realize I made him do like a little somersault roll yeah. or whatever. So I watched it for myself after the game. So I sit on him and I just hear the crowd roaring. I'm like, all right, man, it's a 50 yards now. I just got to make it. I was so tired. 
I'm running down the field and I just see uh the dude coming across the screen. So I kept looking back at him to see, okay, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. So I'm like trying to slow down. I'm about to try and juke him out. And then my boy Charlie runs up on me and he's trying to celebrate with me. We were like, yeah, I was really thinking about giving him the ball. But then I was like, you know what? If that other dude wasn't there, I couldn't do it. So I ended up with Charlie right there in front of me. Uh, it was just one thing led to another. That was just pure instinct. I pushed Charlie, uh, grabbed him, pushed him in. Uh, we actually got a flag on that. So they said uh, low blocking or whatever on Charlie. So we ended up, like the flag was on the other team. Oh, so okay. they chop block or something like that because they hit Charlie below the legs and below the knees or whatever. And when I it threw the flag and it was on Kennesaw, the team that we played. Yeah. And they ended up giving us another 10 to 15 yards on the kickoff as well, wow. which the entire play itself was just funny. And then like when yeah. I'm getting over sideline after like the next series those people are telling me on the sideline bro your play went viral your play went viral i'm like there's no way they said bro lamar jackson retweeted it i'm like there's no way so i get off of uh so when the game's over and i get on my phone i just see mentions and just my whole phone blowing up from that play i was like man now it was a play and i enjoyed it but you know shout yeah. out to my so your buddy's name was charlie yeah, his name is Charlie Thomas. He what was, was that conversation like when you got back to the sideline? Man. He was <laughs> like, who pushed me? <laughs> man, he was all good. So the crazy thing, he understood why I did it. Yeah. Like, he didn't see the dude at all. I seen him. And I could have told him, look, look, look. But I didn't even see him until the last second. And it was just instinct, you know. Uh, we were just happy that we were able to score on defense. You know, he enjoyed it. He's a really stand-up guy, Charlie Thomas, number one right now at Georgia Tech. Uh, great, great linebacker. I'm not gonna lie, one of our best playmakers ever that has come through Georgia Tech. I feel like, yeah. uh, great dude. I've talked to him, he was a pretty good friend for me. Uh, just the situation on the sideline, we were just happy, you know. We scored. Charlie was like, Man, I'll try to celebrate with you, yeah. like, with your people, you know. So it was like, it was just funny, it was just all around good time, though. See, as an offensive lineman, when you're in that situation. A lot of guys will aim for a pylon. I go a completely different route. I find somebody to block me. Yeah. That way I ain't got to run. Like, oh, look, I got blocked. I'm sorry. I couldn't run after it. <laughs> yes, <right. laughs> you just run up behind somebody and just stop. Yeah, like, just, oh, look at that. I just got blocked. <laughs> well, Jordan, man. I ain't catching nobody. <laughs> Jordan, man. man, seriously, we appreciate you being on here. Thank you so much. It's been a fun yeah. conversation. And we're gonna man, we're gonna keep rooting on rooting you on the rest of the season and expecting, you know, see great things this Saturday, man. We wanna uh, you know, we're gonna be rooting you on. Y'all get out there and do your thing. Cause uh I, I believe that uh y'all y'all gonna show Alabama a little something. Man, as I said, it's a privilege and an honor to be here. I'm glad y'all think that we believe it too. We see it, we see the vision that we have, and I truly feel like, you know, it's gonna be a good game. Yeah. Like we're gonna all out there and all we ask is for y'all to support us and you know show up on Saturday when we go to play them at 2 30 on CBS. Make yeah. sure everybody's there, pack out the stands and have our 12th man rocket, you know. That's yeah. right. I, I don't think you're gonna have any trouble getting the fans in the stadium. That's right. No. Well folks, thank you for joining us. Jordan, thank you, man. Thank you for uh you know being here and and folks uh like and share this podcast. Uh Watch it on YouTube, listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Google, anywhere else you can find podcasts. We're there. 
um, MySpace. Where were you? Where are you on look? Your, your farmers only account. My farmers only account. Man, farmers only. <laughs> Jordan, help my man out. Um, help my man out. Send him. Send him. You know, Ladies, the DMs are wide open. Wide open. Wide open. <laughs> Travis's DMs wide open. You can get with me. You can get with Jordan. We'll forward it to him. That's right. But now we got to say a big thank you to. Uh, we got a friend named Mike Floyd. Uh, he helped make this happen. Mike, love you, man. Uh, Mike's a Mike's a uh, Razorback fan. He actually lives in Birmingham, but he's a big Razorback fan, so he has to deal with trash talk from them Alabama fans all the time, and even you know, some I, Auburn fans over there. Believe me, I know how it gets. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but man, seriously, thank y'all so much for listening and watching and supporting, and and uh, man, Hogs are gonna make the tide. Roll. Y'all have a great week. Sweat. One. Filthy. Dirt. Harvest. When I work, my hands get filthy down in this dirt Won't see no more till I hurt Cry in your kingdom come Listen I wake up in the morning I bow my head to pray Mama told me if I don't 